Hello, everyone, and happy March. Thank you for tuning into Pocket Thoughts. I'm your co-host, Brandon, and we've got another great episode ahead for everyone. Our first question for today is, do you think people say, that's just not the way I work slash think is an excuse or is it a valid reason to not try something in a certain way? Question number two is, what is the biggest hurdle you face on a daily basis? And the final question is, what is the best purchase you have made in the last month or two that has benefited your life the most? Don't forget to check out all of our social media by searching Educating Entrepreneurs and check out our blogs at educatingentrepreneurs.com. Enjoy the show and I hope you guys have a great week. today everybody we've got a lot of good questions today but we're gonna start with our guy bobby bobby was a little tired last week and wasn't all there at the show so he's going to explain himself to everyone yeah so i kind of went off the rails last week as you guys know the listeners probably don't quite know how bad it was but (laughs) i did go a very long time without sleeping and it wasn't my smartest move And ultimately, I started to really think about my lifestyle and if it was sustainable to truly work 100 to 120 hours every week. And it just isn't. And I looked at it and I think I fell into the entrepreneurial mindset that you're only going to make it big if you kill yourself in the sense that you just work yourself to the bone because you always hear stories of all these founders that ultimately end up blacking out rushing to the hospital and having to make a major change in their life just to become healthier. So I started doing that this week. I am making the dramatic change in how I live my life and I'm pretty excited about it. So I could go in more detail, but Brady and Joey are writing funny comments through Skype and it's very distracting. So we might as well just get right into our, our questions. How about you talk about one small change? One small change would just be task-based work, like really hardcore, just one thing needing to be accomplished at a time. And once I accomplish that, I can move on to something else. And basically, I made a rule that I need to take a break after I complete one large task, whether that's running to lifetime, that's calling a friend to catch up, catching up with someone in the family, or ultimately spending some time with my wife. Basically just measuring everything based on the task and not on the hours anymore, because ultimately I can always find things to do. All right, very nice. All right, I'll start with my question. So do you guys think when people say, that's just not the way I work slash think, do you think that is an excuse or is it a valid reason not to try something a certain way? Could you elaborate on that a little bit for everybody, not just for our purposes? So basically, if someone says, well, why don't you try it this way? It's easier. Why don't you do it this way? Could be easier. And they just kind of want to stick to their own ways and just say, no, that's just not the way I do it or the way I think about it. I just I do it this way and this is how it's going to be done. 
kind of manager based too if you could think of something that's like you want someone to do it this way and they suggest a different way but you're like no this is how we do it here i'd actually say i hear this all the time and i feel like it's very situational and it comes down to the context behind it because i hear people say it either in a way that they're making an excuse or they're extremely self-aware if someone's already been assigned a project and they've taken on that project and they're either late on a deadline or it's not done nearly as well as it should be, I hear them say, well, that's just not the way I work. That's not the way I think. And that's why this project is subpar. So that's just straight up an excuse. But the individuals that are legitimately assigned a project and before they even take it on, they say, hey, I don't really work this way or think this way. And I don't necessarily think I should take on this project just because this isn't the way that I am. I think those are the most self-aware people and I respect them like crazy because I'm not necessarily always good at doing that myself. I think it depends on what follows that statement. Saying that's just not the way I think when you're assigned a task, whether you follow that with, I'm sorry, that's not the way I think, but if you show me how you're approaching it or how you want it, then maybe I can, there's some leeway there to work with. Or the other option is that's not the way I work, sorry. Uh, So I can't really complete this task that way. And I think having those two different mindsets is really important. And one's more of a closed-minded mindset. And those are definitely not the type of people that you want on your team. But Bobby, you do bring up a good point where it makes you self-aware. I feel like self-awareness is insanely lacking these days. I mean, with me too. I mean, I'm not telling people that I'm not, that I'm better than them, but self-awareness is is a big thing. And I feel like when someone says, I can't take this on because I don't work that way. Yeah, that's self-awareness and that's good, but people need to learn how to adapt and how to change and, and things like that. So I, overall, I don't think it's a a positive thing and it feels a little close-minded to me. I agree with, with both things that have been said so far. I think, I think I kind of see it as this is You can see it as what you were saying, Brandon, is like, oh, this isn't how we do it here. So from like a managerial perspective, and then from a, I don't want, I don't know what you want to call it, but like the service person who's actually doing the work perspective. So like bottom up and top down. So like top down, I think a lot of times you get like the, oh, well, like that's not how it's done. We've done this for a super long time. And that's why it should be this way. I think that's a negative way to look at things. Like things shouldn't be done in the same way just because they have for a long time. Like And I think that's where a lot of like big companies are struggling right now. And that's why they're trying to build up all these like interior innovation units is because they have a lot of people that are saying, oh, we've done it like this way for 20 years. But the problem is you do it that way for another 20 years and you're going to be out of business. So I think that's a major problem and like having that open mindedness to try new things and be willing to let other people try new things is a necessity, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's at home, whatever. On the other side of it, I like what Bobby was saying about self-awareness. I think it kind of comes down to, it's different if someone says, here's a task, you need to do it A, B, C, D. And someone says like, oh, I sorry, I can't get that done. Like, I agree with Joey that I think that's like kind of a, a cop-out way to look at it. But if they say you need to do A, B, C, D and be like, and the person comes back and says, oh, I don't really like work on that structure can I do like just this, I know how to do it A to D, can I do that? I think that's like two different scenarios where a person comes back and says like, no, I don't do it that way versus like, hey, look, I have a different way of doing it. I can show you that I can do it that way. So I think it's about like presenting an alternative case about like, not just, oh, I can't do that, but like, let me show you how I could possibly do it in a different way. 
I'm curious what's um, just for everybody, and you can take this in any way you want, personally, professionally, but what's the biggest hurdle you face on a daily basis, daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, in, in like you accomplishing your goals, accomplishing your tasks, just going throughout the day? I'm curious what that is for everybody. I think mine would just be staying on top of things just in general, because right now, as I mentioned before, I'm going through this like kind of account management, not really class, but like there's calling it a green light thing. I don't know. Just staying on top of that stuff because we have stuff that we can do every single day. And I like was sitting there today and I realized I was like, holy crap, like I have not been even looking at this stuff for like the past week. And it's not necessarily like get this homework done today. Something's due tomorrow. It's kind of work as you go and they want you to be done at a certain time or check in at a certain time, like a couple months down the road. But like, I just thought today, I was like, holy crap, like I wasn't doing anything and I could have been putting stuff on my calendar to like work on this now or get this done today. And I think I was just, I have to actually start doing that or else a couple months is going to come by and they're going to be like, all right, let's check in. And I'm going to be like, I don't have anything for you. And that's just not going to look good. For me, that's something I can focus on daily is what I'm going to do today to help myself what I want to accomplish all week and then put that on to what I'm going to finish this month to help myself move forward and be prepared for when that meeting does come. So my biggest hurdle would actually go back to what I was talking about at the beginning of the show. I think I just discovered that it was a hurdle. I don't think I've been aware of it for a very long time. I think I've actually, like I was saying at the beginning, I think I fell or have fallen into a mindset of putting in hundreds of hours that will give you the best chance of succeeding. Honestly, just eye-opening when we did the podcast last week, because at the end of the podcast, I had never felt so unfocused and so pathetic trying to accomplish a task before. And I got a couple more things done that night, and my whole drive home, I was just thinking to myself, where else was I dropping the eight ball on other tasks because I was just overworking myself without allowing my mind and basically everything to catch up and think through situations. I, I was losing my cool in meetings, not necessarily outwardly, but internally I was getting real pissed at people's work. I didn't necessarily have the patience when we were hiring a few people last week. I didn't have the patience to actually think through every hire, I was just thinking, screw it, let's just hire them, get them on the team, don't care, move on. And that was just wrong. What I realized is I was putting in all that time because I've been around so many entrepreneurs that are have built billion dollar companies that talk about how much work they had to put in. They don't talk about the way they actually keep themselves mentally sane during the process. They primarily talk about the amount of times they slept in the office. So I just started to feel like I needed to mimic what they were doing. And I wasn't actually trying to build the company in my own way because I became very focused on what other entrepreneurs did, even though I just have one little snapshot of how they lived their life. I don't see any of the behind the scenes. So I was trying to mimic the snapshot and I realized I've been doing this for months and I've been slowly getting deeper and deeper down a rabbit hole. I've been trying I think essentially to be someone that I wasn't because I think I was just trying to mimic a bunch of things I heard without actually thinking through what was best for me. I think that's my biggest hurdle every week because now I'm going to have to consciously think through how I'm spending my time 
and think through what tasks are actually worth me doing because there will always be another task and I just need to spend more time at the beginning of the week legitimately mapping out every day of my week. So that's what I did this Saturday for the first time. I actually just spent four hours mapping and it has allowed me to be way calmer. I've been able to ignore all the random tasks that pop up. Like of course there's tasks that you just have to do to fight fires, but for the most part, all the menial stuff that pops up, I just go, nope, that's not a part of the week. That can wait because I know what's important this week. So that was my biggest hurdle. I let everything kind of cloud my judgment and just overwhelm me. And I just try to take on too much. And ultimately I wasn't giving 100% to the few things that actually mattered to propel me forward. So when you're doing this mapping, are you writing it down like a notebook or what are you doing for that? Yeah, basically it goes back to the one big thing, right? And we brought it up multiple times in the podcast, but I think I was really focused on my one big thing for the day, but I'm trying something a little different where I have one big thing for the week and then map out those tasks to get me to that point. But the bigger thing is I'm making the one big thing big enough and accepting right out of the gate that I'm not a moron if I don't accomplish that at the end of the week. Like if I get a bunch of the subsets within that one big thing done throughout the week, that's still a pretty darn good week. And I have all of these tasks outside of my one big thing that I have to get done and I have them written down. But essentially, if I'm getting overwhelmed, I just look at that one big thing and say, hey, I'm gonna knock one more thing off of that one big thing list because I know that's the most important thing this week. It basically helps when I get overwhelmed or it helps if I don't think I can go home because I need to work longer and harder hours because I look at the list and go, you know what? Over the span of seven days, I still have a good shot of getting all of this done. So I can go home tonight. My biggest hurdle is staying consistent with uh, a routine. I feel like with constantly random meetings that pop up and all the travel that happens, when you're not like in one place for work every day, I feel like that can really mess up your schedule, whether it's eating right or exercising. I think that's one thing that I need to plan out more is preparing myself for these for this travel or this these unexpected meetings beforehand so I'm not eating like shit and working over exercising pretty much. So maybe it's time blocks or something like that for exercise and putting something on my Outlook schedule where I'm busy for like two hours, which is when I'm gonna work out something like that. That's definitely, I feel like, been a hurdle because working out just like makes me feel better, puts me in a better mood and makes me more efficient at work. And same with eating healthy. When I eat like shit, I just like, I get so tired at work and it just like drags me down. So probably my biggest hurdle is a consistent routine of of healthy living. Joey, does the food you eat make more of a difference than like the amount of sleep you get? I don't mean the difference of like an eight hour night of sleep and a two hour night of sleep, but if you compare an eight hour to like a five hour, I mean, and compare that to eating healthy versus basically like when I eat gluten, I get so tired. And like, if I had like a bagel in the morning or something like that, or like a a donut or something at like 11 o'clock, I just hit a wall and I am dead. And for like a couple hours, not even coffee can revive me at that point. And so that's like just certain things like that 
just screw with me. I'm curious about this because you, I, I feel like out of all of us, you probably have the best diet. But have you found a good way to either stick to it or stay away from the shit food when it's like really easy to cave into that? Like, especially, I think like what your example is like the easiest one for people to make excuses for like, oh, I'm traveling all the time. I don't have time to meal prep. Like, or like I have meetings all day. Like we have to take clients to lunch. Like I think it's really easy to make those excuses. Like I'm just curious if you have any um, things that you use to kind of keep you on track. Um, yeah, especially in travel. I've like tried to like research stuff and research good tactics in order to figure out my travel diet. And it's it's just things like one good thing when I when I'm somewhere for a week, I the first night I get there or whatever. I go to the grocery store and I grab stuff from my hotel room and I snack and then I eat there. And then if we go out to eat to entertain guests or entertain clients or whatever it may be, there's always some type of option on the menu. You just have to be very diligent about choosing the right thing. And which is so hard, especially like, oh, I'm in I'm in Philly this week. I need to get a Philly cheesesteak. Like it's like one of those things, like I'm only here. I need to get whatever that this place is known for and it's shit food. So I mean, it's hard, but when when you really go on a healthy diet for a while and then you eat some eat something that you usually don't, you really feel the effects and that just kind of solidifies it in my mind that this is not good for me. Like that, that it like gives me a a feeling of wow, that healthy diet was so good that I need to revert back to that. I think it's a really good point. I think two two things that you bring up are, are really important. I think the first one is it's like, it's super easy to get caught up in like the, I'm in this location or like, oh, well, the company's picking up the tab. Like I, I, I should get like a meal that I want to have, you know, like get, which, a meal, get, a, get drinks. Get exactly, like, exactly. Like it's really easy to be like, well, I'm not paying, like I should take this one time. But the problem is like, if you're traveling like a couple days a week, <laughs> you're traveling a couple days a week or whatever's happening, like, <laughs> and you just have to try to like stick to whatever that is. I don't know. For sure. And like one, one, one thing I found actually when, when it's on the company's tab, usually like the nice like salmon or the really nice steak, which is clean eating for the most part, depending on what you get in the side and whatnot. But like some of that really expensive stuff is actually like clean which is nice. So, <laughs> yep. The, the pro, yeah, that's, that's very true. That's a good thing. And then I, the, the second thing that you said that I, I really liked or that you averted, like hinted at was like the fact that you can really notice it. Like when you go from a clean diet and then you like break and you eat something like crap. And I think like one thing that's really important to talk, like note on that is like, it's going to be different for everybody. You know, like yours, you said like when you eat wheat, like you notice that when you eat wheat, like your body feels crappy. So I think like Part of that is not like what's like Joey's diet plan or what's like Sally's diet plan. Like in general, it's like, yeah, you should eat more veggies. Like you should eat more fruits, like whole grains mm -hmm. and stay away from processed foods. But like, you got to find out what works for you. Like what bothers you might not bother somebody else. And like, maybe you could like drink a couple glasses of milk, feel fine. Someone else like has some and they feel the same way that you feel about wheat, you know? Um, so I think it's about like listening to your body, not just like, oh, what's the hype diet right now? Yep. And at the end there, you just mentioned hype diet, and uh, I'm, I'm one of those guys that uh, tries out different stuff. <laughs> I've done the keto diet for like a month. I did the Whole30, all that good stuff. I'll, I'll say quickly, Whole30 is great. I don't care about losing weight or any crap like that, but 
but I loved the way the Whole30 eliminated so much stuff from your diet. And then the, the week after those 30 days, you slowly introduce those items that you that you removed in order to see how it affected your your body and your mind and everything like that. It was it was very interesting and eye opening. No, I think you brought up a really good point. Like at the end is like you try like the diets, but it's because like you're testing how your body feels on them. Like I think there's a difference between like, oh, I want to try like a keto diet. I want to try the whole 30 and just being like, oh, I'm on a diet for two weeks so that I can do this. And then you just break and eat like shit for another two weeks or a month. Like, I think there's a big difference between like, I want to see how my body feels. So like maybe like high carb, low fat is the best for your body or the opposite way around, like high fat, low carb Mm -hmm. or whatever diet is. But like, you don't know unless you test those. It's not just like you doing a diet to say like, oh, I'm going to diet for two weeks and I'm going to eat whatever the hell I want. You know, it's like you listening to your body throughout the process. Going back to what I was talking about, I think my, my biggest hurdle, Bobby alluded to at the very end of his, when you were talking about like the big weekly goal and the manageable pieces, my biggest hurdle, this isn't a a great analogy, but I I, like, I want to conquer the entire mountain instead of getting to checkpoint one as i'm doing like one task i'm thinking about the four other tasks that i want to like get done or i'm starting to get a little bit of work done on my four other tasks and i end up just getting absolutely nothing done because i'm not spending like the necessary time and the next necessary focus which is what you were talking about bobby on like a single task at any time i turn out like doing the same exact things like I'll work for a week and I just spin my wheels on eight different topics or like this huge laundry list of items. Cause I'm like, Oh, I want to get all this stuff done, but I never commit like my full attention, my full focus to a single thing and saying like, Oh, I need to get like, I should get done the, the first manageable, manageable chunk. And then I'll worry about number two. You know, I always just like see the big picture and I just start working on all parts of it. Like, Oh, I know, I know I need to get these 10 sub components done. I'll start working on six of them. Well, that ends up like me getting, 20% work done on these six topics. Whereas I could have knocked out like four or five of them all the way done. If I would have just taken them out in succession saying like, I'm going to focus on the first, the first sub component, then focus on the second component, then do the third and still looking at the big picture in mind, but just like knowing at the end of the week, like, yeah, maybe you're not going to get that big picture item done, but you're going to be farther along than if you're just like spinning your wheels, trying to look at everything, do everything at the same time. And I've noticed that more like in the workplace than I ever did at school because at school is really easy to just be like, oh, I'm going to do this, this assignment or this class and then the next one. And here it's like, oh, you have five or six different projects going on at once. They're all due in the next two weeks. So it's like, oh, I'll do a little bit of this one, then a little bit of that one, a little bit of that one. And you feel like you're making progress, but really like I could be knocking out three or four of them in succession over the course of a week and just knowing that I'm getting each one done and doing them good rather than thinking like, oh, I want to get this all done right now and i've really noticed that in the last like month or so and that's one thing that if i think like that's one thing that i've been trying to change is just managing the succession of items rather than trying to hit them all at once and it was kind of what bobby was talking about but i'm i'm definitely feeling that right now too so and i i, I will we'll see how it goes but that's my big one can i ask you a quick question off of that yeah do you do that better as in like manage what you actually have to get done if you have more going on yes 100 percent. like short answer is yes so i actually had this conversation with a girl i work with on one of my projects i think it's it's one of those things where in school with like an engineering major or some of these other i'm not saying business majors aren't as tough but like <laughs> like in school it was like here's 16 hours of work you have eight hours of work eight hours of time to do it good luck and like sometimes i think in the workplace it's like People get thrown out because like, here's four hours of work. You have two days to do it. 
and then people get the thing, the like the false sense of like security and like, oh, I can just like kind of dwindle on this, like look at emails, read articles, then do a little bit more of this. When like really you could just knock it out and like I do 100 times better when I'm like booked with stuff. I need 12 or 15 hours of work to do in an eight hour time span and then I do it all great. Are you the opposite? No, actually I'm the same. And that's why I think over the last like month and a half, so for our audience, just as a heads up, Brady and I have been busy enough that we haven't been able to put a lot of time into educating entrepreneurs. And I actually think having the cop out not to have as much time to work on educating entrepreneurs and having the cop out not to have as much time to work on ePayer and a couple of the other side projects I have, I think it actually allowed me to just say, I have all day and all night to work on GoMahi. So then I would take on any little baby task possible because I just wanted to work on it all day and all night because I wanted to move things forward. And on Saturday, when I really did the breakdown, you know, and sent you the message saying I got some stuff into educating entrepreneurs. And I also rejoined the team at ePayer as a managing partner and focused on one task at a time. It pretty much, it forces you to manage it or else you have no chance of getting your stuff done. And so I actually think without that, I become essentially lazy in the work that I do. I, I definitely agree with you. Like I do better with more things. It's just Mine is breaking it down and working on those tasks one by one and instead of trying to search the entire ocean. I'm working on those like manageable tasks and I just realized I work way better. So if you or anybody else out there has tips on doing that, I'm working on it. Yep. Joey, you want to ask your question? Because I actually love it even though it's Tim Ferriss's. My question is, what is the best purchase you've made in the last month or two that has benefited your life the most? I'm really interested in Brandon's answer. <laughs> no, <laughs> we talked about this prior to. <laughs> I am. I'm very excited. So, Brandon, you want to start? I can't remember the last thing I bought for myself that benefited me, I guess. That wasn't something that was... <laughs> you buy things that hurt you? <laughs> no. So, Joey and I were talking before this about this because I said, I don't know what I can think of. So, he said... So, I thought of one for so him. So, <laughs> he thought of one for me and I agreed with it. But it was buying dinner for a girl and... I think that benefited me because it's uh, talking to a new person and getting to know them more and making connections and I guess just learning more about people instead of, you know, talking to the same people every single day and learning and talking to new people because, I mean, that's always fun and people love talking about themselves and you get to share some of your stuff too. And I think, yeah, just taking someone out to dinner or getting drinks or whatever, I think networking. Brady's article that he wrote in uh, Educating Entrepreneurs talks all about that, so check it out there. And I'm not going <laughs> to go ask a different girl every week to go out for dinner or anything, but I mean, maybe reaching out to someone that you haven't seen in a while and getting drinks or dinner with them and talking with them and learning more about them, and maybe you can learn something yourself. Cool. I think that's a good answer. I can't think of, I'm in, I'm in Brandon's boat. I can't think of the last thing that I actually like purchased. I'm a uh, I'm on a tight leash right now because I just bought a car. So like my cop-out answer is my car. Honestly, I would say my last, like the most useful purchase that I had was like the Christmas gifts that I bought for people. Cause like I have the same thing that I like selfishly, it's a good feeling to like give to other people. And I think I would rather like go out and buy stuff for other people than go and spend 500 bucks on myself. Depending on the people, like I'm not just trying to like hand away money, but like I love like being able to like, provide things or like help out with my family on like things that they want or they need. 
Um, selfishly, it makes me feel good. And like knowing that they're either taken care of or was able to provide like some area of support, like that's something that makes me feel good. And it makes me like more productive, like, and this is a little bit of a tangent, but like the reason I like purchasing those things is because it, it makes me work harder for like the day-to-day things that I do like for work. I don't know why, but I don't have like a giant passion to like amass a huge amount of money for myself. And that's not that I don't want like financial security, but like I get way more motivated and passionate about like being in the office for 10 hours or 12 hours or like doing like side hustle projects, whatever that may be to know that like I can provide for somebody else, whether that's like my family or other people or even like investments, like looking at that stuff for myself, I'm like, well, I don't really care if it's like 5% or 8%, but then when I look at like, oh, what could I do for my family? What could I do for other people? That's kind of like what gets me excited to do that sort of work and to put in long hours and things like that. So that's kind of a, I guess, a weird answer and maybe not what you're looking for, but that for me, that's probably the best purchase that I've made in the last three months. So I'd say my best purchase hands down is vacation. It's not even close. This is my personal opinion. I think anyone and everyone should figure out how to save for vacation. It doesn't mean you have to go on a $10,000 vacation. There isn't any money that I can spend more wisely than getting myself out of town for 10 days because it forces me for 10 days to evaluate myself, basically do a full reset, mentally, spiritually, relationship-wise, health, everything. I believe, at least when I do that, it allows me to dream again. I don't know why, but when I go on vacation, I actually talk about my dreams again. I think about what I want in my future, not just from a work perspective, but kids, house, trips, experiences. I'd actually say when I'm on a trip, it's also where I find my most innovative self because I get away from the normal and my mind actually has time to think through things. It's not go, go, go. Because I think when we are in our day-to-day lives, at least some of us very type A people, we don't allow ourselves a moment to think. We don't allow ourselves a moment to breathe. So when I'm on vacation and just let go of the phone, let go of everything for 10 days, it's like I come back a completely different person. Now, how long that lasts, I don't know. Sometimes it only lasts a week, sometimes it'll last a month. But during that 10 days, I, I would actually say almost every feature we've designed on our site, every idea that I've come up with and addressed with you guys has come when I've been on vacation. So I just think it's so valuable for people to spend that time and money just to get away for a little bit. I think that's a good one. What about, I think you're, you're very fortunate to have the luxury to take like a 10 day vacation. Financials can be a thing too, but like for the people that don't have the luxury to either like take that much time off of work or only have two or three days, what would you say to that? I'm just curious. Number one, if you can take two or three days off, just plan accordingly. So at least you get five. Because statistically, it actually shows that the average person takes three days to turn off. So some people will turn off in a day. Some people won't turn off ever, won't. But statistically, you turn off after three days. And I truly believe that. So I think if you can figure out some way to get five, so you have those last two days to really just have that mind be blank and start fresh, I think it's super valuable. And I also think... Like you brought up the means. I think everyone is under this impression that trips have to be so expensive. But if you look, like if you actually went to your bank account today 
and you looked at all the little things you're subscribed to and you're paying 10 bucks here, 10 bucks there, and you're paying a little extra in groceries here, or you could have avoided one night out there, I bet you could cut back a little bit every month and put that in the trip jar and you can find a very enjoyable trip for a couple hundred bucks. You could go north, wherever you're at. You could find a little cabin. You can find a little Airbnb for dirt cheap. Just getting yourself out of your normal element and going somewhere new, it pretty much forces your mind to think differently. Just experience new things. That's my thought, at least. Yep, no, and I, I agree with I agree with everything that you said. So you might not agree with this. I agree with everything you said, but I'd even go a step farther than what you said. And like, yes, like if you can do five days, that's great. But like, I would heavily promote the idea that like, even if you can get like a Friday afternoon, Saturday, Sunday, and you can go do something, go do it. Like I know the times and like, I know you can speak to this. I, I, everybody on this call can speak to this. Like when you get a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah, maybe it's not a vacation, but like, Whenever we had the time to go up to the cabin for a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like when I come back on Sunday night, like I'm a completely different person and it's not like an expensive trip and you don't have to have a cabin. Like you could drive six, eight hours to a different city. You could drive two hours to a different city, find a cheap Airbnb, like in the summer, fall or spring, you can, you can camp out. Like there's a lot of different ways that you don't need to spend 300 bucks a night on a hotel room and like five, 600, $700 on flights um, and still get away feel like you're disconnected from things and kind of rejuvenate yourself. Cause I agree with you that, yeah, if you can take that time, take it. But I also, I would, that this is just like me personally. Um, I would advise like, if you can get those like two, three days, you can get a Friday through Sunday, like take it when you have it and go use that to just like disconnect, whether you're two hours away from home, eight hours away from home and just like make it however you want to make it, whether it's hiking in the, in the woods or in the mountain or like somewhere on a beach, whatever that means to you. I think like still that Friday through Sunday can be really valuable. And I think most importantly, before Joey shares his best purchase, I think just the biggest thing is just doing it. Like, I guess even when it comes down to the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just do it because it's so easy to just keep pushing it off, pushing it off. Like the amount of times, so I, we live in Minnesota, three of us do. And the amount of times that I could have just spent a weekend going up North for dirt cheap, but I just don't do it because I'm like, eh, do I really want to drive two hours or do I really want to give up my weekend for this? I should have just done it. I should do it all the time. And you always feel better like coming back. Yes, right? you but, do. But it's like, hard taking that leap because yeah. it messes up your normal day-to-day schedule. I think it's one of those things like anything, like it's easy to stay in your comfortable environment, right? Like it's easy to stay at home and like do stuff around the house or just like watch TV. Like that's much easier. You don't have to think about anything. You don't have to worry about going somewhere. Like it's just like anything in life. Like you have to be willing to like go and just say, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I, I agree. Joey, what is your uh, best purchase? Well, I went after this in two different directions. One direction was my best purchase or type of purchase is those, those little uh, purchases for, for other people that they aren't expecting. Like, let's say you're in the office, you go grab lunch, you go stop at a convenience store, grab a snack or a treat for someone, leave it on their desk, and uh, and they come back and they're just surprised. They're in, just like things that people aren't expecting. I just love the feeling of, I don't know, having people be appreciative of unexpected things like that. The other direction I was going was an actual thing. I got this, 
want to say like two, three months ago. It's a little blender bottle and uh, it's one of those auto mix blender bottles. So like, Whoa. that is crazy. It has like a battery in it and it's USB rechargeable. And uh, it's, I don't know why, but I, it's so much easier and it just stays cleaner for some reason because it's easier to clean than like a normal blender bottle. My blender bottles always get disgusting. So I've just been trying to find different ways to, or different types of bottles to use. And this one is awesome. It's a, uh, it's called the Pro Mix Original Vortex Mixer. It's, it was like 30 bucks. It's not cheap, but it's not stupid expensive. I mean, a normal blender bottle is probably 12 bucks, I'd say. So a little over twice that. I use it for everything, whether it's just drinking water or my protein shakes or my, um, supplements afterwards, whatever it may be, and I love it. <laughs> I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just like looking at different options for blender bottles one day because that's kind of how weird I am. And um, I've gotten, I've you get, I've gotten like the classic with the little wire ball in there, right? And then I've gotten the smart shaker, which doesn't have a ball. It just has like up top. It just has some filter when you shake it it just kind of filters and mixes which is a lot nicer in my opinion you don't have to do a little ball in there and then i found this guy and i originally got it because i wanted to make bulletproof coffee but the little little mixer thing in here is actually made of rubber so you can't put extremely hot things in here or else it might melt it a little bit i guess i've been using it for supplements protein shakes water just everything and it's and it's just, and it's cool. It's like a little tornado in there. Really cool. <laughs> yeah, so everyone that can't see this, it's not just like a shaker bottle. It's legitimately like a blender within his plastic bottle. And it makes the coolest vortex. <laughs> it's so cool. It's, it's beautiful. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Hope you guys got something out of that. I noticed that we had a listener from India, so thank you for listening. It's very cool. We got Germany, we got India, like we're expanding. I think that's really cool. That is it. That is actually cool. So yeah, thank you to whoever that was. Shout out to you. Check out our blogs. We're going to be posting another one soon here on LinkedIn, and I'll post it on our Facebook page too, so you can get it out there. And yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you.